I just think it's a massive football club. Mm-hmm. I just, I've always said it's a sleeping giant. It's a club that should be no disrespect. I know people will probably think I'm crazy. It should be playing in the Champions League. If you make the right decisions and everybody pulls in the right direction at this football club, there's no stopping it. It has everything. Hello and welcome to another episode of FC Überall, still the only English-speaking podcast for, by, and about FC Köln fans around the world. My name is Robert and this is episode 6 of season 2 and we're recording this on a Thursday on March 24th. My guest for today has had a busy and very successful season so far and due to the international break this weekend, I was able to set up a conversation with him. I'm very thrilled about this one. Dear audience, I give you the former player and current assistant coach of FC Köln. Here is Kevin McKenna. Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time. How has your day been so far? Well, it's been quite good. Obviously, the, the weather in Germany right now, the weather in Cologne is, is nice. It's, uh, it's a, a nice sunny day. It's been, uh, it's been sunny the last few days, so we've avoided the rain and, and a little bit of the cold weather in the last little while. It must have been a whirlwind uh, since the 2021-22 season kicked off for you. What are your plans for the international break? Are you taking a little bit of a hiatus from soccer? or The coach gave a few days off. Uh, our other assistant coach, he's somewhere in, in Seattle. Um, I think uh, the head coach is heading somewhere else. Uh, he, he gave a, a few days off. I think a well-deserved few days off uh, for, for the players. Um, they've been training hard, working hard, and, and, and putting in good performances for us uh, uh, this, this whole season. FC Köln is currently on rank 7 with 40 points, to which I would like to say congratulations. That is amazing. Like We fans definitely appreciate it. Like, the echo that I get from fans uh, in the US that I'm closest with right now is that everybody is amazed and thrilled by what you're doing. And so I just wanted to ask you, how do you feel about your work with FC Köln uh, after 27 of 34 games for this current season? Well, obviously, uh, I came into the, the coaching staff. It's, it's a new coaching staff at the beginning of this season with Stefan Baumgart. Uh, I played with him uh, in, in, in Cottbus uh, as a player. And um, it's, been, it's been fantastic. Uh, we all get along. Um, we call, our, our, we call our, our office the call center because everyone's got the, the screen in front of them, the laptop. The, so we just call each other the, the call center. And, and we, have, we have a great relationship. Everybody knows their role. Everybody knows what what they can bring to the team, and I think that's the most important thing. Um, I think it's, it reflects uh, onto the team. I think if you have a good a good coaching staff, everybody's getting along. I think the the, the players can see that, and and uh, yeah, it it uh, you know gives it gives a, a good positive vibe off. Yeah, and I mean, I think not only uh, all of you inside there. Uh, I think also us fans, like at the Dortmund game, which was so intense. Like during halftime, there was a nice shot of you standing on the sidelines when Uwe Gospodarik, the goalkeeper coach, and Marvin just walked by. And it, it seemed like there was a good chemistry going on even when the game is happening. Yeah, of course. It's uh, like I said, everybody knows their role. I mean, I don't think I need to ever talk about the fans. The fans are the fans are what make this football club. I mean, if you if you walk out in the streets and you look at um, basically on, on, on every car is a, is a cologne sticker. I mean, you know, they really, they, you know, they love the football club here. I think 
you know, when you think about Cologne, you, you think of the Cologne Dome, and and you think of uh, of the football club, and uh, you know the, the you know the I think the the fans have been basically begging for for another season like this or another time like this. And I think they want to bring back the bring back the good times to such a, a massive traditional football club. And I said it back then when I was a player. You know, I've, I've, I didn't have the quality of of what should be playing at this football club. It's a, it's a massive football club for me. It's I would say at least the top four, top five um, football clubs in Germany. When you're talking about the fan base and 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 um, and and just everything around the club, it's 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 an amazing football club. So you mentioned your uh, playing career. Let's take a look back because I assume that uh, some of the listeners are newer fans and they might not know about you as a player. So let's go way back. It makes me sound old. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kevin. I'm sorry. All right. So you were born in 1980 in Calgary, Canada as Kevin James McKenna. You played for the Calgary Dinos. Then you uh, went over to Energie Cottbus. Then you switched over to... Uh, heart of Midlothian in Edinburgh, went back to Cottbus, and then it was from 2007 to 2014 that you played for Efzikon before retiring. You have played for Efzikon. I found different numbers. I went with the ones on uh, Transfermarkt because I trust them. 210 Bundesliga games for Efzikon and scored 21 goals. And you were also a national player for the Canadian national team from uh, 2000 until 2012 with 66 games and 10 goals. Is that all correct? I couldn't tell you. I don't look at statistics. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not one that looks uh, back at videos or anything like that. I'm. I'm a person that just basically knows right. what I eat for bre and knows what I eat for breakfast this morning. That's about it. Okay. Um, but I was wondering. So you were 18 when you uh, went from Calgary to Cottbus. Can you tell me a little bit about your expectations of German soccer from back then? Well, I'd say first of all, I grew up. Um, I grew up. In a, an athletic family, we were good basketball, volleyball, golf. We, we played every sport, and um, I would say later on, I had to make a decision, uh, obviously, in what's in what direction I wanted to go in. But mainly in our in our in our family was uh, football was was the biggest thing. My my parents come from Scotland, uh, from Paisley. We grew up um, a massive Glasgow Celtic fans, um, and that's what really brought me to football. And um, it was it's when I was 17, 18 years old. Uh, I got I got a basically a tryout in in Cottbos um, through through a, a coach, a German coach that uh, had his own academy in Calgary at that time. His name is Thomas Niendorf. Um and you know he was he helped out the likes of of Owen Hargraves, brought him to to Bayern Munich, um, Lars Hirschfeld, uh, Tam Nasaliwa. You know a lot of other players, uh, young talents back then. Um, you know, opened the door for us to to come and play over in Europe, and that was that was my biggest dream to just to basically be an athlete first, and um, obviously to play professional soccer as a Canadian. It's uh, it's something it's something that you know, even my, my teachers would say, I, I think you better drop that dream. It's uh, it's 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 far off. You know, stick stick to hockey or something like that, but. You know, it was it was a dream of mine since since I was a kid. I, you know, I had posters in my in, in my half half the half my bedroom was uh, Michael Jordan posters, and the other half was uh, from some Celtic players. I think Lota Mateos uh, had on my wall, uh, Romario, uh, those sort of players that uh, I just loved. I loved sports as a kid. 
my whole family did. And then, so you moved over to Cottbus. Um, I assume that aside from soccer alone, I mean, it's a it's a huge shift, right? How has that move changed you as a player, but also your personal identity? Yeah, it was a culture shock. Obviously, I think you move from you move from Calgary, you move away from from your parents, and um, and you move over to to a country of of you know really unknown. Uh, I moved to Cottbus. It's a small little uh, um, ort, they would say in in, in German. Um, um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, if I'll be honest with you, I, I was homesick at the beginning. I think the most important thing is is to to learn the language as quick as possible, to to learn your teammates, to make friends, and I think you need to have a bit of success as well at the beginning. You know, you need to win games, you need to be successful. You have to have people talking about you a little bit, and it makes it easier. You know, but the first few, I would have to say, the first two three months was was very difficult to, until I really got into the swing of things and started to play. I loved it. I would, uh, if I could turn back the the clock and do it all over, I would. I would do it right away. And then, uh, I mean, of course, we're heading towards FC Köln. But before that, I mean, you already mentioned it. There was a short time. I have a little timeline here for myself. Let me check that again. Because after playing for Midlothian, you went back to Cottbus from 2005 to 2007. And that is the time when you overlap with Steffen Baumgart, who played for Cottbus between 2004 and eight. Tell me about the player, Steffen Baumgart, that you met back then. The player is the same as the coach. You know, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's, uh, he's got a fantastic mentality, wants to win, but he's fair. You know, he's, he's a person who's fair. He doesn't shy away from any problems. If, if there's something on his mind, he talks about it. Um, and I think that's what that's what has made him successful now as a coach, that he's really open with the players. He talks to to every single player, whether you've played zero minutes this season or you've played every game. He, he he's interested in in in, um, in in what's in your private life. He's interested in uh, um, making you a better player. You know, he never stops every day trying to make the players better and, and pushing them to the pushing them to the limits. I think every player would also say, you know, he, he's a coach that really brings out the best in every player and pushes them, really pushes them uh, mentally and physically to the limit. Uh, and I think they appreciate that. I think you can definitely tell that in the development of uh, some of the players um, currently in the roster. And I mean... Of course, there's a lot happening outside of the fans' views that is not happening directly on the pitch, what is uh, broadcasted and all. But before we go into that, I have a bunch of questions about what's going on right now. What was your first impression transferring from uh, Cottbus to FC Köln? It was a shock as well, because I didn't really realize back then how big the football club was. Um, they, were, they were swimming in the second division. We just... We got promoted and, and, and played one year in the Bundesliga, and I, I didn't really know much about the football club. I just knew that back then Christoph Daum wanted to 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 have me in his in his team, and it all really went quick. If I'll be honest with you, um, within weeks uh, I had to really make a decision because it was towards the end of the the, fir the first Bundesliga season for Cottbus, and um, they wanted to get promoted and they wanted they wanted to uh, put together a, a new squad to get promoted. And it all just went so fast. I mean, it, 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 I'll be honest, it, it did hurt to leave Cottbus at the time because we had such a, a great squad, um, a great character in our team. I loved to coach. We, we got along. We all got along great. 
But, um, you know, when I went to Cologne and saw the stadium, saw the fans, I just thought to myself, and, and I won't lie to you, obviously, financially, too, it, 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 uh, it, was, a, it was a huge boost as well. Mm-hmm. But um, to play at such a, fo- a such a big football club, if I, if, you know, I grew up a Glasgow Celtic fan, and you and you play in front of sixty eight thousand fans every every uh, every week, and you see the atmosphere, and and Cologne is a lot the same. Um, it's the same sort of atmosphere, and and the fans. You know, the, I mean, if we didn't play the greatest football in the seven years that I was uh, playing in Cologne, but that stadium was, uh, you know, every week, week in and week out, full. Uh, it didn't matter. No disrespect to any smaller clubs, but you know, you played against Siena. The, 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 there was forty-five thousand fans there, fifty thousand fans, and for me, that's amazing. That's that that shows me that the, you know, they don't just come. You know, it's it's almost culture to come to the stadium on the weekend and uh, whatever, drink a couple of beers with your mates and and uh, and, and have a good time. And I remember vividly going to the stadium uh, in the Zutkurve with uh, some of my friends. And yeah, I mean, if it was second division or first division, like you rooted for the team. I mean, uh, I remember uh, seeing you play there and it was amazing just to see how the team develops. That was always a thing that I was very interested in, seeing like the step-by-step development. And I mean, uh, you played for FC Köln in difficult years, I would say. Like you uh, went from second division to first division uh, for four seasons, I think. And then there was the drop back to the second division again. And there was a lot of turnover, but there was also a lot of change for you as a player um, because at FC, you mainly played as a central defender, but then you also shifted over to midfield and often like to the center forward position, even um, resulting in your gold score statistics then uh, too. But um, I was wondering what made that shift in position happen? If I'll be honest, I grew up a, a center forward. You know, okay. you grew up in Canada and I think, you know, if you're one of the better team players in your team, you always play whatever. You have the number 10 on your back or the number nine on your back. And to basically, once I got to Germany, it was like, okay, you're good at heading the ball, but we're just going to push you a little bit further back. It's, I think it's it's like anything in in in, uh, in club football. It's almost like the worse you get, the further you go back in, in, in the line of – eventually you line up at the back or you line up in goal. That was almost almost how it was, but uh, yeah, I was. I mean, my main character is I was good in the air, and, and if we were getting crosses into the box, and you know, in Scotland, I played up front as well. It was it was a mixture of both, but mostly I played mostly in, in my time in Europe. I played uh, I played center half, and I mean, you played with just to name a few like Novakovic, Matthias Scherz, Thomas Kessler, now again a colleague of yours, uh, Kuli, Broich, Geromel, Podolski, and you even overlapped with a young Jonas Hector. Were there some players where you would really say like, oh, those are the guys that I learned from the most or that transformed you as a player? Well, the development I've seen the most of is, is Jonas Hector, obviously. I mean, he came into the squad... Um, I don't know what year it was, but um, you could see right away his quality. Um, and even back then, I thought to myself, you know, he would really have a chance to push on and maybe play in, in, in the German national team because he he's so clever. Uh, he understands the position. He understands every position on the field, which is which is amazing. He's got his te- technically, he's he's fantastic, and he's got such an engine on him. And um, you know, even this year, he's been he's been immense for us. 
comparing when you came to FC Köln in 2007 and then seeing Jonas Hector uh, join FC Köln, I think it was 2012, 2013, must be around that time. What is the difference from uh, joining the club back then to today? Are there like fundamental differences that you noticed? That's a that's a that's a good question. Obviously, players evolve and and the club evolves. Um, I mean, if I compare it, if I compare the team that I played with into to the team this this season, I mean, there's a stronger mentality in the team. Um, there's a more togetherness in the team. Um, I feel that we play at an intensity that. I don't think there's many teams in the Bundesliga that play at that intensity for me. Um, our team can get up and down. Um, they work so hard in, in training. I mean, our teams didn't work like that that hard in, in, in training back then. It's uh, it's the intensity that's that's the biggest difference. I think the players are more athletic nowadays. I mean, they're in the gym before training. They're in the gym after training. Um, I just think they're more athletic. And is there something about the club as a uh, organization as an institution that has changed uh, something that you noticed there i just think it's a massive football club mm -hmm. i just i've always said it's a sleeping giant um it's a club that should be no disrespect i know people will probably think i'm crazy it should be playing in the champions league i think if 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 you make the right decisions and everybody pulls in the right direction at this football club there's no stopping it There's really no stopping uh, this football club. It's it has everything. It has the fan base. It has the stadium. Um, obviously, we're working on 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 the infrastructure for for the training the training ground. But it's it's such a big football club that I just can't see it. This can't be the end. Do you know what I'm saying? I think even for us as a, as a coaching staff, we're hoping this still all continues, um, and we get to build and build and build and build and and hopefully. There, you know, there comes a time. I mean, if you look at, I compare a lot Cologne to to Borussia Mönchengladbach because we both got promoted in uh, in in the same year, and you see the steps that they made over the years, um, getting into the Champions League, make, you know, making a lot of good good decisions that were correct, and uh, and they really went uh, in leaps and bounds, and you know, eventually played in the Champions League, and I I don't see why Cologne can't do that. If 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 I'm being honest with you, we're hoping to to, to get a good a good uh, you know good finish to the season. You know wherever it lands up, it doesn't matter. I think till now it's been a, it's been a fantastic season. I can't look back. The one thing is I do is I look at the performances, and um, you know you can lose games, but it's how you perform. And I think the only game where I would say you know the players got a little bit undone was maybe the Hoffenheim game, but they never stopped running and they never stopped working hard. I just think that that's the, that was really the only game where the players didn't have the. Oh, what would Stefan Baumgart say? Um, you know, we went away from our, our our game plan really. You know, we st we started to sit in a little bit and, and and played a little bit scared. But I would say that's the only game where where I would say, yeah, you could be disappointed in the players or 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 that you know they could have played different. Every other game, you know, they left it all out there. Yeah. And of course, you're going to lose games and. Uh, Majority, I don't think we've lost two games in a row this whole season, um, which is, for me, phenomenal. I don't yeah. think it was ever in my time, or even uh, even the time after me. I think there was there were spells where where Cologne would lose, you know, two three games in a row, and 
I think we have a real good stability uh, in the squad and in the team and in our philosophy. I think so too. I mean, well, going back to statistics, I mean, 10 wins, 10 draws, seven losses, but those kind of like spread out sporadically there. Uh, but in this season, Cologne never went below uh, 12th rank. I think that is something that really shows that stability that you that you mentioned. And uh, well, the Hoffenheim game, I mean, uh, I always feel like that is a I, I don't like those generalizations like, oh, this this uh, opponent, <laughs> you know, like they're they're a tough one. But I have a feeling that Hoffenheim is a tough one. But in the last season, there was often a moment where you could see players on the pitch letting their head down like literally and i think that is something that you could see from day one of this season where it was heads up shoulders back you're there you're communicating and that developed more and more and the communication has been in improving and you can you can tell how that works and so i would say yeah it's absolutely deserved if uh Ftikun is aiming for champions league and i mean you have demonstrated that throughout the season by the results i'm not talking about champions league obviously this oh, season we're sure, talking sure. about europe i just feel that this is a it's a club that you know with or without me is a club that can get to that you know can get to that level again in in, in my opinion and um i'm i'm hoping for it whether i'm here or i'm not here I, i hope one day it does happen i think the fans uh, they deserve it okay. you know the whole city deserves it Well, maybe then this is a good moment to switch over to your coaching career. So um, you stopped playing uh, actively for uh, FC Köln in 2014 and you immediately started coaching at FC Köln and you started with the U19 for almost three years. And there you were uh, the assistant coach to Boris Schommers, uh, who you worked with later on at FC Köln again, and uh, then also at Kaiserslautern, where you were also an assistant coach. And it seems like there is like a connection between the two of you and kind of like a collaboration that went on through your uh, coaching career. Could you tell me a little bit about the work with him and what you learned from him? He's one of my best friends. Um, he's a good, a very, very good coach. Um, when we went to Kaiserslautern, obviously he wanted to change a lot what was going on in Kaiserslautern. You know, there's a lot of a lot of negative negative energy at that football club. A lot of negative thinking people at that football club, and and we tried to bring the positivity there. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people took over. Um, yeah, in the summer of our second season where you could really feel in that summer and in that um, in the in the preparation for the season that uh, you know that we weren't really wanted there anymore um, you know I don't really want to go into detail but uh, a lot of it had to do with 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 the politics uh, we we were we were turning the the football club around we were getting a good positive energy you know you know even in the even a, the staff in the football club, uh, we were, we were, you know, changing the mentality and, and getting more of a positive energy instead of all oh, another negative season, this and that. But, um, you know, I, I get along great with him. I'd learned a ton from him. Still, I'm learning a ton from him, um, football wise. And, um, yeah, he's just looking for a job right now. Hoping, hoping to, uh, you know, just waiting for a coaching job. Like, a, like a lot of coaches, uh, have to do obviously, um, you know, when they're out of a job. 
I, I was really uh, surprised a little bit by the seamless transition from uh, Kevin McKenna as a player to the coach. When did you start thinking about coaching and what attracted you to it? You know, a lot, you know, I tell people a lot, I'm a footballer. I'm an athlete first, I'm a footballer second, and I'll always be a footballer. Um, I had to give my job up, obviously, because uh, I'm obviously too old. Um, you know, I still think like a footballer. I still go play football, tennis down in the gym. I, you know, I want to, I still want to win at everything. And, um, and, you know, coaching is a, is a long distance second, obviously, um, from being, from being a footballer, you know, I miss the dressing room. I miss all that sort of stuff. Uh, I miss going out on a Saturday to play. It's obviously being a coach is, is that second best thing, but it's still a long distance from, from being a player and going out there. Um, obviously I missed that the most, but the transition to, to being a coach. Um, yeah, I, I loved it right away. It's, it's fun. You still have the relationship with the players. I'm outside. I mean, I could never imagine myself uh, stuck inside in an office job. I still get to communicate with the players. I get to joke around, um, you know, a lot of the time that that's why I like to be basically the assistant coach because you can still have that re relationship. You know, you don't need to, yeah, you have to have a distance to the players, but you can still, you know, joke around with them and, and, and have a good time with them. And, uh, you know, that's, that's me really in, in, in a nutshell. Okay. So uh, perfect uh, segue to my next question, because, um, You coached uh, FC Köln's U19, then you were uh, with the first team, then the second team, then Kaiserslautern, and now you're assistant manager for the first team again. In all of those roles, you were assistant manager. Is that something that you choose on purpose because it allows you to be in a position to work in the way that you want? Yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. And um, do I want to be a head coach one day? Maybe. But I still think I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot. I still think... Um, You know, with the, the communication wise and, and, and stuff like that, it's it's important still for me to 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 learn, uh, especially language wise. Obviously, my German's not perfect, um, and obviously the communication uh, with the players. You know, I'm I like to joke around a little bit more, and and, and maybe the serious part of, of uh, side of it is, is is especially in Germany. It's uh, I think for a head coach. You know, maybe one day, obviously, I need to get my license and stuff like that. And, you know, I have aspirations of maybe when I'm older, when the kids are older to maybe, you know, to, to go back and coach in, in, in the United States or, or in Canada. We'll see. Um, you know, time will tell. Right now, I'm, I'm really happy in the role that I'm, that I'm in right now. And, uh, and um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Then I have a hardball question for you. What is your coaching philosophy? Oh, gosh, what's my coach here? You know, a lot of it is a lot of it to do is with with mentality you know what i mean mine is not all the x's and o's and systems here system there um for me it's it's coming coming to work every single day working hard working on a plan having a structured plan of of, of how you want to beat a team on the weekend you know um you know we only talk about ourselves in cologne about the way our team wants to play we never look at the we never look at the opponent and we never play a against b and the b team is playing like uh, like uh, our opponent it's not like that we play the way we want to play we never play uh, uh, you know he always has the teams mixed i mean that's something i would i would take on board as well now 
um, you know, I would never play A against B and, and, and I would all, you know, chop and change, uh, you know, the players coming in and out of the team just so you, you can fulfill the whole squad. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have a set, you know, 13 players, you know, uh, I think uh, Baumi does that perfect. You know, everybody's involved and you got to be ready for your chance because we talk about it through the week and he comes, he comes out with an idea and, and the idea makes sense. And, 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 and we follow that idea and, uh, and, um, you know, a lot of players, you know, I think the squad feels like everybody's involved. And I think that would be obviously a big part of my philosophy if I was uh, if I was to ever, you know, be, be a head coach one day. I think mm-hmm. the, the communication side of thing nowadays is for me is the most important thing. I think if you look at all the big football clubs around the world and the, uh, the most successful coaches in the world, they're not basically those old school coaches where there's tons of respect and you don't speak with the coach and all this sort of stuff. There's a lot of communication between player and coach. And, uh, you know, that would, that would be definitely a, a part of my philosophy as well. Let's meander a little bit more towards the present time now. Uh, so you're currently working with Stefan Baumgart as well as amazing uh, coaching staff members, uh, among which are the mentioned Uwe Gospodarek, the goalie coach. You have Andre uh, Pavlak and you have Rene Wagner, among others, but I want to focus on uh, those three um, a little bit more. So you said it at the beginning, you came together um, this summer. So it's a very fresh and new team, but you just took off. And the change in the team is tangible, as we already discussed. Um, What is it that makes your collaboration work so well? I think it's just the positive energy. You know, if I was to go through each assistant coach, if I look at Rene uh, Wagner, a fantastic assistant coach, I think it's the first time he's he's coming out onto the football pitch, at least professional-wise, uh, and, and coaching. He's you know he puts together um, trainings, uh, uh, exercises, uh, possession exercises that you know have to do with our, our next opponent. You know what I mean? And he does that within 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 minutes. He's 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 fantastic and stuff like that. He comes with with all the 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 analytical stuff he knows all that sort of stuff and 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 he has a, a great relationship with the players like myself and andre pavlak is 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 uh, you know a little bit older and he's you know he's he's been a head coach himself um he's got a lot of that almost that head coaching uh, thing so um, um you know it's 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 the mixture between all of us and And when we sit every single morning, we have a little bell now in our office where we have to ring the bell because we just talk a load of rubbish at the beginning and we don't don't concentrate on what we should uh, what you what should we do in the, what we should be doing in training on that day. So it's I think it's it's the chemistry and, and the atmosphere what you what you build. Um, you know, even athletic coaches and and uh, I've known the athletic coaches since since being in the under 19s and they've worked themselves uh, all the way up. Which, which is amazing. The physiotherapist, uh, we all have a relationship and, 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 and under, under Stefan Baumgart, you know, he doesn't want, you know, when there's a problem that comes in, he talks about it right away. He goes straight to, you know, straight to the point. He's not, you know, beating around the bush. It's straight to the point. And, and I think that's why, why it's, it's been so successful. Um, you know, he doesn't just count on his one assistant coach to do this or to do that and doesn't speak to the rest. It's, He has everybody on board and uh, asks everybody their opinion. You know, it's not just his opinion that counts. And I think that's the most important thing, not just in football, in any, in any business or, or, or uh, yeah, any job. 
it's important the, the atmosphere what you what you build up um, or create I think that's the most important thing okay so it really sounds like it's a collaborative approach that is chosen Definitely. there yeah let's take a look a little bit about the um, background I mean uh, Rene Wagner um, has been playing as a right wing defender and a center uh, defender Andre Pavlak has been a midfielder as I mentioned you were a center defender midfielder and a central attack Rene Wagner was coaching as an assistant coach for Inter Miami in the US and then was also a scout under Baumgart at uh, Paderborn for a while. Andre Pavlak has probably the, the longest coaching experience with FC Köln, uh, having coached U17, then was a manager working with you for the second team and then has been a uh, assistant manager uh, since I think 2019, uh, must have been a, around that time. Is there something that you would say, even though it is collaboration, um, that you have as individual strengths, the three of you that you then also can focus on? Yeah, like I just said, you know, Renee puts together the a lot of the training exercises and what we need for for, for the weekend. He speaks with our video analysts, uh, which who are also fantastic, and they've been there for a long time. Hannes Doldi's. He's he's amazing at uh, putting together um, um, opponent uh, opponents videos on, on how how to break them down. It's you know, and that's what Renee's good at. Andre Pavlak's good at uh, you know seeing seeing in certain situations in games in training uh, exercise a lot a lot like Baumi. You know, uh, maybe a little bit more quiet, but uh, but still, you know, it's it's he's got that that head coach in him as well. And, and Renee and myself are, are basically the, the, what they say in Germany, the, the Spassvogels, the, the, the guys who, you know, have, you know, have a, you know, a t maybe a tighter relationship with the players and, and um, yeah, are laughing and joking and, and um, yeah, it, but that, like you said, it's, 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 it's that group and, and how everybody brings something to the table. I think that's, that's what's made it successful as well. But aside from from jokes and bringing in the uh, very well, let's not underestimate it. Like the uh, psychological aspect is very important. But uh, I think it was Derek Ray. I interviewed him a couple of months ago, and he said that you are such a strong, strategic thinker. Is that also something that you bring to the team? Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far. But uh, yeah, it's just I live you know you eat breathe and uh sleep football and uh, and you think about football and you think about certain ways you can you know make your team better and, and and that sort of thing and that's why it's good that's why we have three assistant coaches as well is to you know everybody you know can can bring their point of view um and and, and bring it to the table and it's something where you know Stefan Baumgart is is very open uh, in 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 every way and i mean um so looking at the formations that you chose, uh, you all chose for uh, for the team to play throughout the season, it looks like uh, the four one three two is the dominant one, and that is kind of set as like the thing that just repeats through. There is no like uh, changes to throw off the opponent or adjust to them, and that seems like there is more a, a focus on stability and allowing the players to really develop their play there and my question is the Aufbauspiel 
drastically changed comparing last season to this season. Um, the defense line became the foundation, a strong foundation that allows for like those plays uh, over the wings that lead to dangerous crosses. Is that something that you work for and that you can use your experience for? That's 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 Stefan Baumgart's system. That's mm -hmm. how we played in Paderborn. You know, you had to play with two two number sixes, uh, uh, or you play with one number six, and you play with uh, two strikers, or or you play with one striker. You know, he's he's one for for you know using the two eights. You know, they're more tucked in, and they make those deep runs from 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 the inside to the outside channel, or 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 or, or just in the inside channel. That's why we're bringing a lot of crosses. And it leaves it uh, it it leaves a lot of uh, a lot of room for our fullbacks and 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 uh, I don't know what statistic uh, last week I heard some you know I don't know if we've brought we've crossed the ball the most I think I don't know in the Bundesliga I'm not 100 sure on that but we cross a lot of balls into the box and and we defend very high up the pitch where I would say I don't think Cologne in the time where I've no the time since 2000. Uh, 2007, Cologne's never defended high up the pitch. Uh, even under Peter Stöger, he didn't high, defend high up the pitch. It was more of a defensive stability, compact, and, and playing on on the counter attack. But I think it's it's benefited the likes of Tony Tony Modest. You know, you're not running 50 yards to 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 the goal from for, for a counter attack. Where whereas before under under Peter Stöger, he was quick. You know, maybe maybe not as quick as as uh, as he is. Uh, obviously, obviously slowed down over the years. Uh, but even like a Sebastian Anderson and stuff like that. If you're stealing the ball high up the pitch, you know you're putting crosses into the box quicker. And and, and you know they're not running that 50 yards. They're running. You know, the, you steal the ball off. They're running that that 20 yards to towards goal and and and. and um, you know, getting a lot of attacking opportunities. And I think it's benefited, to, especially Tony. I mean, let's uh, talk a little bit of a different Aufbauspiel now. Um, FC Köln has become a club that recognized and learned to use the potential in building up players and in, um, for instance, your case, also coaches. What is your perspective on that? On building up the coaches, or uh, no, just using your own potential as a club uh, that you have in younger players. Well, we we split the the squad into like I take care of the back four, um, Renee takes care of the defensive midfielders plus the eights, and sometimes the ten, and and uh, and uh, Andre Pavlak takes care of the the strikers and and. Uh, and the, the number 10, you know, so, so we've, we've broken it up. We do video. We do a lot of video through the week, individual video with, with, with players. Um, and I think that's helped a lot. I mean, that's something you got to obviously ask the players, but you know, we do a video every week with, with, with those, uh, you know, players from the week before that have played, you know, maybe in this situation or that situation, you know, you know, you can, especially in the build-up play, that's something we need to still bring to our game is, is more the build-up play. I think if you look at, uh, If you look at our our back line, uh, the two center halves, even back then with with, with uh, Rafa Sichos, you know he didn't really believe in the system either. Um, you know, defending high up the pitch because he's you know he's not the, the the quickest, but I think he's realized that you know if you defend on the front foot, you have a way bigger advantage as 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 sitting in, uh, you know, sitting on your the top of your 18 yard, yard box and. You know, he was fantastic for us. Uh, you know, he bought into the system uh, right away and. And he was very successful, uh, um, and you know he kept the likes of T Timo Hubers out of the out of the team. You know uh, Luca Killian. You know he was he was always playing. Uh, Rafa, the coach, really depended on him. Now we've got Luca Killian and and um, Timo Hubers, 
um, Jeff Chabot, he's, he's, he's bought into the system really good. And, uh, you know, it's all about learning how the coach wants you to play. And, and um, you know, I think the, the back line has been, been fantastic. Um, yeah. um, you know, I know that, you know, our, our goal difference is, is, uh, is not the greatest, obviously, if you look, you look in the table, but I mean, if, if you look at the way we defend, I mean, the, the two center halves, they, they defend like animals. And, uh, and if you look at our fullbacks, the amount of crosses they get in and, and the, the kilometers they're putting in every single game, it's, it's amazing. If yeah. you look at even defensive midfield, Salih Urchan and, and Skiri, you know, those are, they work tirelessly. And they're they're everywhere on the pitch, and I just think collectively the intensity, you know, everybody needs to, especially when we're we're defending high up the pitch, um, everybody needs to be involved. And you know, if one person you know is 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 not bringing the intensity on the day, we struggle. We really struggle. Is our whole thing attacking wise and defensively is about a collective unit, and uh, and and nobody can rest. Nobody can rest. Okay. I mean, um, maybe that is a good time then to ask the question, like uh, developments, like let's take Sally Eschan, like how he developed over the season from the start of the season to now is tremendous. It is really amazing. But I, I mean, of course, there are a lot of other players who developed as well and um especially the players who don't get regular playing time uh, who are also developing and allowing for like a seamless transition like Rafa Cicios, uh is now playing for Chicago. He's doing very well there, but you don't have problems in the back line, but there's just the next person there and they're ready. They're ready to play. And that was really impressive. I was wondering what's going to happen there. So my question now is um, what was the team that you found Uh, when you started working with the team in uh, in the summer, and what has changed in terms of their mentality? Well, I mean, when you first look at it, I mean, it's, it's something I've learned as well from 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 Stefan Baumgart. He's he's one that wants to work with the players and wants to make them better, and he doesn't want to depend on eleven players. Or, you know, he doesn't want to you know depend on just eleven players. You know, he, he depends on the whole squad and he wants to be able to make that transition. If somebody's out, the other person comes in and 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 it's it's you know there's there's no difference. The quality is 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 the same almost and or or you know he wants he wants that competitiveness for, for places. You know what I mean? If if somebody that's why you know we've we haven't had many injuries. The athletic coaches and everything have have, have been able to to to, to keep the The, what do you call it? And you forget the English word. The, the story on from training and stuff like that has is, is, is been amazing. Um, but every player feels wanted. And I think that's 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 huge. And that has to do with communication and everything. And uh, if you look at uh, Kingsley Schindler, he's been he's been amazing. Uh, you know, um, um, you know, coming off the bench, he's he's been fantastic. And uh, And and I know it's been tough for Sebastian Anderson, but he's still, you know, been playing a lot of games this season as well. Tony's been on fire. Some, some of those things you need to accept and, and still work hard in what she's been doing, you know, really working hard, whether even um, uh, Mark Oot, um, uh, Andre Duda, they've all had their spells where they've sat on the bench and they've accepted it. Were they happy? No, but they've accepted it because they accept that it's a collective thing and not just 11 players and, 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 you know, you're not going in a huff because you're not in the starting 11. They know, okay, it could be, it could be, it, this could change next week. 
the coach is not fixed on uh, on 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 the starting eleven. He's fixed on you know nineteen twenty players where he know I can depend on him. Okay, and, uh, that's 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 the. That that's the key to it all, really. So those are the guys that are there now. But um, I mean, Cologne has invested a lot in their academy and uh, the youth work that really works well. Let's look at Jonas Hector, for instance. I mean, he's uh, one of them who really excelled in that program. And um, I mean, the club also benefits from that in 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 every way. Uh, and this week, uh, Damian Downs made a or had a really impressive uh, performance. Are there players in the second team or the youth team that you're really looking forward working with? There's always players. It's it's all about the development. You know, sometimes you got agents. They you know they, uh, you know, when the player turns 18 and maybe plays, uh, you know, you know a couple of minutes in the first team or trains with the first team. You know, they they lose their minds a little bit and think, okay, he needs to sign a big contract and. You know, and he needs to be training and playing all the time with the first team. For me, it's a process, you know, mm -hmm. and, and when you're a young footballer, the, the process, you need to watch out that you don't, that you don't hurt the process or, or basically hurt the player, really. You know, a, a player needs to develop, you know what I mean? You have, you have players that, you know, they, they, you know, at 18, 19 years old, they're so impressive that they get into the first team, but that's a really small percentage uh, uh You know, and I think the most important thing, what I've realized being an under 19 coach and an under 21 coach, the biggest, the biggest jump is from youth football, playing youth fo football to playing men's football. It's a massive difference. It's, it's a huge difference in, in youth football. It's, it's more, you know, they think more about the, 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 the technical side of things, you know, if you move to, to men's football, it's all about, you know, being physical, winning balls in the air, Uh, tackling, you know, understanding the game, you know, where to be standing, you know, in, in youth football, you can make those small little mistakes. You don't get punished, but in men's football, you get punished. And um, it doesn't matter what league that is, you know, and, uh, you know, our second team plays in the Regional Liga and you can see top players in the under 19s, you know, they move up to that men's football and, you know, they score 20 goals or, or one of the better players in the under 19s and start to struggle, you know, and, and, and that's the process. And then you need that, you need to, develop as a, as a men's football player and, and, and maybe need the two, three years. And then you make that, that, that jump into, into uh, the first team. I think it's, like I said, it's, it's a process for everybody. Sometimes the process is quicker for, for others, but most of the time it's, it's, a, it's a, I would say after the under 19s, for me, it's a three to four year process to, to get to, to, to play men's football. I would say, you know, 22 years old, 23 years old, uh, you know, I would give it to, at least to, to that time to to really, you know, be an established player uh, in the Bundesliga. Was there a development uh, of one of one or two players that you can point out that really surprised you? Well, I wouldn't say. I mean, if I look at the time when, if I mention all the players that 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 have made it, and Lucas Klunter um, um, came from a small football club, uh, Marvin Rittmiller plays for Heidenheim. Ismail Jakobs um, has, has has went through that process as well. Um, who else? Marcel Hartel plays for for Saint Pauli. Um, you know, I can't really off the top of my head uh, even uh, more players. Sally Urchan. I had Sally Urchan in the under 19s as well, and and the second team. And he's had to go out on loan to come back, and even struggled at the beginning of this season until you know 
Baumi was, uh, you know, talking to him and 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 and, and simplifying his game, um, you know, to play simpler. And he's benefited from that. He's a strong, physical boy who, who, um, you know, under, you know, is starting to really understand the game. And uh, you know, I think his his biggest thing is he plays simple now, and and that's what's made him successful. Everything everything else he had before it was all about just playing simple and 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 when you play in that number six position it's it's you know you you got to minimize your your, your mistakes uh, in especially in, in your build up play and defensively you got to be solid and uh, you know you got to close gaps you got to you got to track back you got to double down on strikers and he, that's what he's been doing and uh, he's he's been amazing. So is that the Baumgart formula? Play simple. It's just soccer. Just do it. Di direct approach. Yeah, he's he's you know he's the players the players understand exactly what the coach wants, and it's not a lot of X's and O's and and this and that and oh you need to watch out there you need to watch out there. No, he doesn't talk like that. He talks about only his team. If we stick to the way we play, they're not better than us uh, as a collective. They might have better in you know on the weekend against Dortmund. He says they're not better than us. They're collectively not better than us as a team. We're we're we we're, we can be stronger than them, or we are stronger than them individually. That's that's uh, that's something they've got. Of course, they have quality individual, but as a collective, in both games, if you look at both games, uh, if I look at uh, when we played in Dortmund, for me that was uh, that was one of our uh, that was one of our best games. That was one of our best games. We had Dortmund pinned in their own half for for, for 85 minutes of the game, and and yeah. we lost that game. And for me, that was our best game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could see it um, last weekend again. I mean, Haaland didn't happen, except for I think one or two chances. Well, the ref intervened <laughs> for the for the second one. But um, as, aside from the Baumgart approach of like, let's just look at our team. Is there Uh, preparation towards like an individual player like Holland? Never, he never. He would never talk about one player and say, "Oh, we need to watch out from him." There, never. That's never came out of his mouth ever. What is uh, crucial to the process of like preparing then for a game uh, in order to be able to win it or have the mindset to win it? I mean, we come with the same mindset all the time. Um, you know, he doesn't want to get pinned in, never wants to sit on his 18 yard box. Uh, if he always wants to defend on the front foot for three nail down, he still thinks we're going to come back to three, three. That's the mentality, uh, the mentality where the players have now, you know, where if I would, you know, compare it to the last few years, I think he probably went into games and said, Oh, we'll be happy with a point. No, Bami goes into every game and wants to win every game and thinks he can win every game. Uh, and and if I'll be honest with you, he's rubbed off uh, on his coaching staff. I mean, I, you know, I was always when I always when we played against Freiburg, I was always like, oh god, Freiburg, you know, that's a bogey team. Or Hoffenheim, like you said, yeah, it's a bogey team. But now nowadays, I go I go into every game and say, we're going to win today, mm -hmm. or, or we got a great chance today. And um, that's really the mentality what he's he's brought to 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 Cologne. That's the biggest, the biggest thing I would say is that winning mentality to, you know, think of yourselves, think of your team and don't think about the, the opponent all the time. Think about yourselves and, and what, what can we do uh, um, to be a better team or to, to, to impose our strengths on them. I think that's, that's, that's a gift as well.
And I guess that is also a factor that can bring the joy back into the game instead of like the massive pressure that is there, right? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, when I watch from, from outside and, and we've lost games and I'm still I'm never mad after a game because uh, I see how hard they work. I mean, the, the, the intensity what these players put out there, um, I never did it in my time. I'll tell you that. I mean, the, 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 the intensity and, the, and, and how much they run is incredible. Okay. It's, uh, I mean, if you look at all the statistics um, after the game, we, you know, we shake our, you know, we're, we're amazed every week. And, you know, and we want to get better and we want to do more. We want to put more pressure on teams. And, you know, I think if you, if, if you leave this process for, for a longer time, I think you're going to see a lot of success. That's just my opinion, obviously. Well, I think it is then becoming very realistic to think about it in that way. Um, when I talked to Rafael Zichos, uh, he said that you told him um, that when there is a Joker goal happening by players like Kingsley Schindler, uh, it's not Steffen Baumgart who makes those uh, substitution decisions, but you, Andre and Rene, comment on that. <laughs> we are, yeah, we all we sit on the sidelines and we debate the whole time and. And 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 Baumio always sort of turns around. Okay, what are we doing? What are we doing? And 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 yeah, and that's 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 a a big thing as well. You know, the, especially Andre and, and Rene, they're the calm ones on the bench that are you know analytically knowing. Okay, what 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 do we need right now? And and they've made the you know a lot of the time they they make those sort of decisions and and it's it's uh, and they've a lot of the time made the right decision. Okay, I mean, yeah, you can see Rene always with the uh, earpiece in, and uh, he's speaking to our video, a video analyst as well, who's who's up at the top of the stands, and and he does a, a fantastic job as well. It's, uh, he, he's he's wouldn't doubt one probably one of the best in the Bundesliga. So it seems like there's the game happening on the pitch, but then there's also a little game happening on the sidelines. There's. Uh, Baumgart being the center forward uh, right at the sideline, the loud one. And then there's the, the defense line on the bench, which is uh, the, the, the three or four of you, um, plus all the other ones who are making this success happening as well. That sounds like a lot of fun, to be honest, uh, to, to work in that team. Baumgart said it in uh, press conferences uh, a lot. He made the club's goals very clear. But I was wondering, beneath that surface, what is your personal goal as an assistant coach for this and the coming season? Yeah, this season was, was uh, when we talked about it at the beginning of the season, I, I, I thought to myself, oh, to finish between 9 and, and 12 um, um, would be fantastic um, and then build off that. But I, I, if, I, if I'll be honest with you, it's changed for me. For me, it's, it's the performance that's the most important thing. It's how the players perform and how they train and what they put into into a week or into a game. You can always lose games. I mean, you're, we've been on a, a couple of we've had we've been lucky in a few games this season and we've been unlucky in a few games this season. But I think if you look at our performances, I really cannot tell you. There's there's not many games where you could say all oh, the teams underperformed today. I I don't think there's there's any any game this season where you'd say okay that. You know, the, the players didn't leave it all out there. And I think that's the most important thing. And I think if you get that with the quality and with the, the training, what the players are getting and the information, what they're getting from, from Baumi and the, and the coaching staff, I think you, you know, I think you can, you can be really successful. 
you know, and, uh, you know, bringing in that fresh youthness in, into the squad, you know, that, that's all important things. I think that is a, is a, a piece of the process. I think it's still, like I said, it's a process to get back to, you know, you know, get back to those glory days. Uh, it's going to be a process. It doesn't happen. You know, it's been fantastic this season, but it's important to, you know, stick still with the process of just building, you know, you know, it's, it's like building a house, just, you know, brick for brick, building something up where, you know, you don't, you know, I, I've, if I look back at um, when, when he made it to Europe, was it 2017, 18, was it? Mm-hmm. Making it in that year, um, you know, maybe the year after you didn't have the squad and you didn't have everybody, you know what I mean? And, and you know, it was almost a, a surprise for everyone that made it, they made it into, into Europe and, I think the process after that was was um, you know I think a lot of people were surprised because it's it's not easy playing the Thursday and on the weekend on the Sunday and uh, you know I took over with Stefan Rutenbeck back then as well um, as an assistant coach and 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 you could just tell you could just feel the negative energy in, in that season and it was uh, it wasn't it wasn't nice being a coach back then I can tell you that but now soccer is just soccer and that makes things simpler also well yeah simplifies the, the the whole process it's not magic and um looking at the next games that are coming up uh it's union berlin it's mainz and it's gladbach is there a game that you're particularly looking forward to for the rest of the season i always say i got front row seats to to, to fantastic bundesliga games and and uh you know and i get to be a part of it as well and um uh, I enjoy it. I love it. And, um, you know, always to play in a derby against Gladbach, that's going to be, that's going to be a massive game. That was a massive game here at home was, was fantastic. I think just the fans coming back into the stadiums too, that's, that that's, that's huge for football. I mean, what's football without fans, if we're, if, if we're being honest. I fully agree with that. Okay. So we're almost at the end of the interview. So, um, as for every uh, guest, I have some quick questions and, uh, I would like to get some quick answers for, uh, from you. I usually make it five, uh, but this time I had to choose six cause I couldn't leave the uh, one out. So number one is, uh, having worked for almost 15 years with FC Köln, um, as a player and as a coach, what do you appreciate most about the club? The fans. Which opponent, club or player, uh, was a dream come true to play against for you? Hendrik Larsson. Number three. There was a lot about the work for um, a club that fans are not aware of, that happens outside of their view. What is an aspect of your work that you wish that fans could be able to recognize or see? I wish they could see um the camaraderie in our in our uh, office if they could be a fly in the wall in the office uh, in the mornings i think they would uh, it would be a funny youtube channel put it that way <laughs> might be something for the uh 24 7 uh documentary series <laughs> like a spin-off maybe uh is is there something that someone told you about soccer that stuck with you throughout your career um a saying that my dad always said: "You're you're only as good as your last game." That always that always stuck in my head. Um, also, a conversation what I had with uh, with my mom the first time I came back from from Cottbus and I started to make a little bit of money. I think what was it, five hundred Deutschmarks back then, um, where I was basically being a little bit of a Billy big time and um, thought I was the man, this and that. And and my mom brought me right back down to earth and. 
that that conversation I'll, I'll never forget and uh i think i think and hope that uh, i've stayed that way uh, uh throughout uh yeah throughout my life now what has been your favorite baumgart moment my favorite baumgart moment we were playing um two touch out in the in the stadium we play a lot of uh, two touch out in the stadium and you get a you get a what they called you get your ear flicked on once you get uh, once your three lives are over and uh, i think they filmed it one time where we were playing and we were hitting it back and forth and we land up laughing in the end that that sticks out uh, that sticks out a lot um, i think it's a, a a big picture of when we got promoted as players uh, to in cottbos uh, we both got a cigar in our mouth i think that that sticks out in my mind as well uh, from back then And now for the final question, uh, when I told my brother that I was going to interview you, uh, he asked me to ask you the following question. Um, what did you tell the Mainz coach uh, when things got heated on the sidelines? If I'll be honest with you, I didn't say anything to to the Mainz coach. Um, he was, he was um, well, when, when, I, when we went to go shake each other's hands and, and the, I put my hand out and um, he didn't put his hand out. He goes, I can't, I can't do it. I said, I asked him, I said, why can't you do it? I said, because you uh, um, made fun of, uh, you made fun of my country uh, from where I come from. And I said, and then I asked him, I said, where do you come from? Where do you come from? And I, I really didn't know where he come from. And uh, I guess in Germany, you would call, he comes from Denmark. And I didn't even know he came from Denmark. And I never, I never made fun. I don't know if he misunderstood something when we were walking into the dressing room or something. But uh, I definitely can can uh, put my hand on my heart and say that uh, I didn't say I didn't I didn't even know where he comes from. I thought he was I thought he was actually German and his parents were from Scandinavia or something. But I didn't know where he was from. And and let's be honest, I would never uh, uh, talk about from where somebody comes from. Yeah. I mean, my German's not the greatest, so I don't think I can uh, talk about from from where somebody comes from. But uh, it was a heated affair. It's something that. Uh, You know, if I was to see him again, I would shake his hand. I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, a person. I mean, I was disappointed he didn't shake my hand back then because we played against each other as players, and and uh, it was a it was a heated it was a heated game, a heated uh, um, discussions. What were going on, on the sidelines? It's something you forget about, and he took it into the media afterwards. Which I mean, I think it was uh, a little bit, uh, you know kindergarten sort of sort of action what, what you would do but uh i have nothing against him and um i don't think he shouldn't have anything against me because uh i never did anything so uh you know if, if, if it comes to it and we see each other i'll put my hand out again and uh and shake his hand again and if he doesn't want to shake it then it's fine in the end it's just soccer I mean, exactly. I think yeah. if uh, especially you can put it into context what's happened in the last few years with, with Corona and, and what's going on in the Ukraine, I think we can put everything into context. That's for sure that uh, we should be happy that we get to play to play in a in a safe country um, and, and play the sport that we love. And, um, and let's hope that the, 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 this has an end to it quick. Thank you. Those are good final words. With that, we've reached the end of this episode. I think I can speak for all friends across the US, South America, Japan, Slovakia, France, England, or the Netherlands when I say we international fans love what you do at FC Köln, how it has developed in the season. We recognize that and we're so glad to have a team like you there. 
So congratulations, good luck, and keep enjoying what you do. And we US fans can't wait to come to the stadium uh, over carnival season 2023. So uh, see you there. Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks to all the, the football supporters around the world and especially the Cologne supporters. Thank you. And that is it for this episode of FC Oval. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Kevin McKenna. This was the 11th episode of FC Oval, and I might just call it a day for this season and return in a couple of weeks, unless, of course, I get an interesting guest, in which case I will use the opportunity to record another episode. FC Oval is a one-man operation after all, so please bear with me as this project develops. If you have not listened to previous episodes of FC Uval, I highly recommend that you check them out. They are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. If you have a question, a suggestion, or a comment, or are a fan out there who would like to be on the show, reach out to me via fcuval at gmail.com. That is E-F-F-Z-E-H-U-V-V-E-R-A-L-L at gmail.com. Or just contact me via Twitter. The handle is fcuval. That is it for now. Thank you very much for listening. Take care and as always... 